Last week was the best attended Sunday morning in the history of Cypress Creek Church. We are 29 years old. You can clap, you can clap for that. It's a big deal. 29 years old and God is on the move in and through Cypress Creek Church. Let me tell you what's so significant about that. It's not the number of people that were in seats. It's the number of hearts that God is in. He is moving in our personal lives. And when we personally respond to Jesus and come together, that's what makes the church. It's the gathering of believers. It's the gathering of those that are still figuring out what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's the gathering of imperfect people to follow the only perfect Savior, Jesus Christ, where the power is at. And so this morning, I want to continue what we have been looking at the last few weeks, this verse in 1 Corinthians 6, 14. It says this, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. I want to speak specifically to those who may hear God is on the move and, and may say, not in my life. He may be in the move in the church as a whole, or he may be on the move in this person, but I'm still figuring out how God is moving in my life. I have good news for you and all of us this morning. God loves to speak to his people. He loves to enter into our life a lot of times in unlikely places through circumstances, through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through thoughts, through other people. And when he speaks, we have a decision to make. Are we going to listen or are we just going to continue doing life on our own? We're going to continue reading the resurrection narrative in Luke chapter 24. That's where we're going to be in. We're going to be in Luke 24, 13 through 35. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there now. But uh, is it okay that we read the resurrection narrative after Easter, you know? It's like you read sometimes a Christmas story, only on Christmas, but you know, he wasn't actually born on Christmas, so you can read it other times. You can read the resurrection narrative in other times. We are in Luke chapter 24. Here's the setting. God... Uh, Jesus just resurrected. The, the tomb is empty. Mary Magdalene went to go see the tomb and she went and reported to Peter. Peter saw the tomb as well. Actually, there's a really cool verse that says that Peter and John were on a race. They were competing to see who got to the tomb first. John 1, for the record. And, and, and they saw that the tomb was empty, but Jesus hasn't appeared yet. And again, if you're thinking, well, how is God on the move in my life? You may be thinking God should be on the move with the Mary Magdalene's. Mary Magdalene was a very, very close friend of Jesus. Her brother Lazarus and her sister Martha, the three of them were very, very close to Jesus. Peter was one of Jesus's closest friend. Uh, the cool thing that we're picking up in John 13 is we're gonna talk about two disciples. They weren't apostles, they were just disciples. And, they, and, and it's interesting because Jesus appears to them first. We're in Luke Chapter 24, starting in verse 13. That very day, two of them, these are disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. So put yourself into the story. These disciples 
were following Jesus during his three-year ministry here on earth. Jesus was 30 to 33. That's how old he was when he taught and when he did awesome things. And so these disciples at some point started following Jesus and then they heard that he was crucified, that he died. And they left Jerusalem. So they were on their way home. Think about it. If you were one of them and the guy that you were following all of a sudden died and now there was an empty tomb, but there was no Jesus yet. And so they were in great distress. That may be you this morning in your life circumstance. You may be under great distress. The good news this morning is that God speaks to us in our distress. Sometimes we may think that because we feel bad or because we feel sad or because we feel uh, disenchanted by the circumstance in our life that God is not near. Let's keep on reading. They were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Verse 15, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself, let's say this together, drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing them. Jesus drew near in their distress. As they were leaving Jerusalem, they were, they were leaving the group. They were, they, they were going home. They had given up. They had thrown the towel. And that may be you right now. And maybe in your job circumstance or in a relationship or, or you've been praying and praying and praying for this one thing. And, and you may be in great distress, ready to throw in the towel. And it's interesting to me that that's when Jesus draws near. Anybody with me? Psalm 34 verse 18 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. When we are in distress, God speaks to us through his very presence. It is the presence of God that we hold here when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that we get his very spirit, his Holy Spirit inside of us, his presence, God with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. The difference is, are we aware of his presence or unaware? Aware, it seems these guys, they, their eyes were kept from recognizing him. For, so for some reason, as, as Jesus drew near, yet their eyes were blinded by something. They were distracted. Question for you this morning, especially if you're in distress. What is distracting me? What's distracting us from being aware of God's presence? This week, we, it was awesome. Sunday was just amazing. I mean, you talk about a high for me, literally seeing the valley through the helicopter, seeing the kids' faces. Uh, it was a wonderful Sunday. I, I flew on a plane on Tuesday. I went to a pastor's conference. It was really rich, really good. And uh, the best part of that trip, though, was that I got to meet someone that has been walking with me through some of the distress that I've been going through with some extended family members. We had Zoomed a lot. We had never met in person. And so it just so happened that he was driving through Birmingham, Alabama, where I was. And so we got to meet at Papa Doe. Anybody been at Papa Doe's? It was delicious. And so we had a three-hour conversation, tears and laughter, and just so much 
goodness, dear friend, close counselor. And, and I hope that you have someone like that that you can go to, especially in times of distress, someone that can mourn with you and then rejoice with you and go through the hard things of life together. I'm so grateful for that, but the story doesn't end there. I, I got in a cab or a lift. There's no cabs anymore. Actually, the lift driver told me that in Birmingham, Alabama, there aren't any cabs anymore because of Lyft and Uber. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, I, I got in the cab, and after the conference and after this very emotional lunch, I was tired, and I'm an extrovert, and I love to talk all the time to anyone. It doesn't really matter. I can strike up a conversation and go deep pretty quick. If you don't want me to go deep, it's okay. I can hang in the shallow level as well. But I was not in that mood, y'all. I just wanted to chill on the lift on the way to the airport and just be quiet. Chatty Kathy, my driver, <laughs> did, did, did ruin that for me. And so she started talking, well, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, oh where were you? And, and anyway, so I started asking her questions and uh, she was t telling me about her daughter. Her, her daughter's name was Alana, and my daughter's name is Ayla. And so I said, well, I, it's beautiful. How do you spell Alana? A-Y-L-A-N-A. -A -A. I was like, no way. My daughter's name is Ayla, A-Y-L-A. She go, Mr. Jose, what? And I said, yeah, isn't that cool? And so we just started talking and, and she said, uh, well, what are you, what are you doing? What, what are some of your dreams? And she said, well, I'm, 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 I'm a single mom and so I'm driving Lyft and then I'm going to school so that I can be a counselor. I was like, I just met with my counselor. And she said, Mr. Jose, what? And I said, I know. And so we just started bonding. And then she goes, what is this? And, and I stopped and I just told her, God loves us and God draws near to his people if we're willing to be aware of his presence in unlikely places he shows up. These are two disciples, y'all, that Jesus draws near to. We don't even know one guy's name. We're about to learn one other's guy's name, but, but he just draws near in unlikely places and in unlikely ways in our distress through his presence. The question is, is are we too distracted by the things of life, by, 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 our, by our schedule? These guys are on the way. God shows up on the way all the time. I love what Blake shared with us last week that he talks to God and even in, in his truck and he even presses the, the hang up button as a symbol that he's having a real conversation with the real God. Anyone with me? Let's keep reading. Verse 17, and he said to them, so this is Jesus talking to these two disciples. What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad, looking distressed. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Can we just stop for a second and recognize that God loves humor? God has a sense of humor, okay? So this is this man, Cleopas, telling Jesus, the very one who was, do you not know anything? Did you miss the whole thing about this man doing this thing in Jerusalem? And he said to them, Jesus, again, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. It's important. 
Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. They had hoped that God would do something, that Jesus would be the man to redeem Israel. They were disappointed. And maybe you don't think God speaks to you because you're disappointed. You're disappointed in God. You're disappointed because God didn't come through when you prayed for something or, or that, that life hasn't turned out the way that you planned it. We're disappointed when things don't go our way, right? And they were hoping that Jesus was the one, this is interesting, to redeem Israel. When Jesus didn't only come to redeem Israel, he came to redeem all of humanity. They put God in a box. They thought, Lord, you, 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 you know, you, I thought you were gonna do this little thing, but little did they recognize that God's plans, God's ways are so much higher and so much more significant than ours. Let's keep on reading. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they, eat, that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. Women are always right. Anybody, anybody read that? that? That's what the Bible says, right? But they did not see. So they did not see Jesus's resurrected bodies. Talking about Mary Magdalene seeing the tomb, telling Peter and the apostles, they went and they said, yes, that Jesus's body's not here, but where is Jesus? And maybe that's you in this season. You are disappointed. You're disappointed because things are not going your way. These guys said that he was a prophet my, a man of mighty words and deeds, but they missed something key. He was not only a prophet, he was not only a miracle worker or a teacher. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let's read how he responds. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. God speaks to us in our disappointments through his word. That's what Jesus is Saying here, he's saying, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. We, we, we need to bring that one back. It's not slow up here, it's slow in here. That we, we forget what he has done. Oftentimes, we're disappointed because we look forward to the things that he has not given us and we forget all that he has already done for us. Slow of heart. He speaks to us through his word. He talks to them, beginning with Moses. So uh, scholars say that probably Moses was the author of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, which in, in, in their uh, 
Torah, I'm sorry, in their, in their Bible, the whole Old Testament, that's the most important part of their scriptures. But he didn't just stop there. He said, and through the prophets. Later in Luke 24, 44, he, he goes on to uh, define the Tanakh. But here he's saying that not only does one verse, not only does one prophecy, not only does one book or part of the Bible talk about Jesus, it all talks about Jesus. It all talks about his promises. And so if that's you and in, in seasons of disappointment in my life, what I need to do and what we need to do is go back and read his word because his promises are true. He is faithful to do everything that he said he will do in here. And it's sometimes our eyes that are blinded and it's our expectations that are different than the very things that he told us he would come through. So question for us this morning is what is keeping me from spending time in the word of God? It's simple. He speaks to us in our disappointment through his word. One thing, Matthew chapter six. It's not gonna be on the screen. It just came to my mind. They're on their way, these two guys. They're outside, seven miles journey. It's a good walk. You know, when Jesus said in Matthew 6 that uh, when, when we are anxious about not getting what we need, what does he say? He says, uh, think about the birds and think about the lilies, right? And it's interesting to me that in order for us to recognize that he is the God who provides, that he is Jehovah Jireh, we need to pay attention to what's around us. That means be quiet and be outside. And so maybe this is for you this morning. If, if you need rest, just go on a walk and listen to the birds and consider how God takes care of the birds. How much more is he gonna take care of you and me? God speaks to our disappointment through his word. Let's keep on reading verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. They were almost to Emmaus. And I want to stop right there because that's another thing that I, that I read in this passage is that God speaks to our disconnectedness. So they were more disconnected from the body than they've ever been. They, they had left the group in Jerusalem. They were all in there. They, they were all receiving from, from the Lord together. And, and now they were at the point of greatest disconnectedness, the greatest distance from God's people. They had given up. Again, they threw the towel. We're going home. We're not following Jesus anymore because he is dead. Maybe you feel disconnected in the season of life. Maybe you feel like no one understands. Maybe you feel like no one sees you. Maybe you feel like you're just alone. And you can be alone, by the way, in a crowded room. You can be alone when you're at the top. Salonis in here, disconnected. Blake and Tracy again taught us the cure last week. We break our aloneness when we are vulnerable, when we're honest with what God's really doing in our lives. Let's keep on reading. How, how does God speak to our disconnectedness? He acted as if he were going farther. This is Jesus. So he's like, I'm, I'm going a little farther. We don't know what he said, but you know, he's staying on the way. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. They were finally seeking Jesus. They realized that this guy was up to something. He knew some things. And so they were wise to say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm gonna stick. I, I, want, I want you to stick close 
to us. And so Jesus went in to stay with them and he was at the table with them and he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. Does this sound familiar? And, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight and they said to each other, did not our hearts burn with in us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened us, opened to us the scriptures. And they rose this, that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. That's Peter. And then they told what they had happened on the road, what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread, my friends, God speaks to our disconnectedness through his people. We need one another. It's a mystery that God uses imperfect people as his vehicles of comfort and peace and, and encouragement and in rebuke and correcting us and say, that's not the way. There's a better way. Just trust me. I love you. And according to God's word, let's just do it. We need to do that together. We, we have the live stream, which is an incredible resource because we can stay connected uh, when we're not feeling well. We're, when we're at home, we can just tune in. And a lot of people said, hey, with the live stream, your attendance numbers are going down. Interestingly, they, they, they've gone up. Here's why. Because I think that when we actually gather in here, we realize that that's good, but this is much better. When we have flesh on flesh, when we feel the warmth of our skin, it, it's more than just uh, uh, something uh, electronics, the same thing with, with my counselor. I've been meeting with him on Zoom, but when I finally got to be with him, it's a totally different ballgame. We need one another. We need one another. A scholar by the name of Daryl Bach says that the table was a place where Jesus was heard and where his presence came across most intimately. This fact suggests that Jesus reveals himself in the midst of the basic moments of life. He is at home in the midst of our everyday activity. And so question for us is what is keeping me from staying connected to God's people? We're here. It's awesome. Let's continue to be here. Because as we are here, not only does God speak to us, but he actually wants to speak through us. And then I want to encourage you, if you are not in a community group, that's why we do community group. It's not just so that we can check the box and say we're doing things right. It's we're modeling what the disciples are about to start doing in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit comes down. And they started breaking bread together in each other's homes. And the reason why I love that is because it's unlikely. Sometimes we think, God, you can only speak to me when I'm in your house. That's true. He definitely speaks in here. But he also speaks in our homes and, and, and in the coffee shop and, and in the places where we have gatherings of believers, small groups. When we come together, we're able to share the things that God is doing. The last thing that my Lyft driver, I didn't get her name. Um, and she said, Mr. Jose, what does this all mean? And, and I said, it, it means God, God, is, God is close to us. And then I asked her, do you, do you have a church? And she said, no, I've been working on Sundays. And, and I said, well, you should, you, should find, you should find a church home. And of course, I recommended the church that I was just at for the conference. And, and then I told her this too. I said, your daughter is going to love it too, because your daughter is also going to have community. 
Not only are we here individually as adults in this place, but our kids are thriving. We're about to celebrate after the 1030 gathering, a baptism of another little one who God has, been, uh, he, God has revealed himself to. And, and this child understands that God, the creator of the universe, is near. And so maybe in this season where you feel like God is far away, I want to challenge you with these points that God's speaking to us. God's speaking to us very, very intimately. He speaks to our distress through his presence. He speaks to our disappointment through his word. And he speaks to our disconnectedness or our loneness through his people. Let's not do life alone. Let's continue to tap in to what God is doing because he's on the move here and in here. Let's pray together. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here, that you're close. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for one another, how you use us. Um, I pray for words for people. I pray, Lord, that you would give us words of encouragement, words of comfort, words of exhortation, challenging words, Lord, so that we can be sharpened. And, and so that we can continue to see you glorified in this community. And Jesus, most of all, we thank you that you defeated death for us, that there is nothing that we can encounter this side of heaven that, that can spook us because we know that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world and the death has lost its sting. And for anyone in the room, if, if they have yet to say, say yes to you, Jesus, that's what it means. It means that we believe in the one who conquered death, who broke the separation between us and, and you, sin. You pay the price for sin, and then you defeated the consequence, death, by your resurrection. And so if that's you and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I encourage you to just say these words after me, Jesus. I believe that you are the son of God, that you came to pay for my sins and to bring me everlasting life in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you that we can live in your presence, knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us.